You know, these kids today, they got it made. Back in our day, all we had was rocks and dirt. Welcome to Rocks and Dirt. It's classic rock and sports. I'm your host, Mike Harper, with producer Todd Rinley. Hey, everybody. And the color commentator, Steve. Without the rolling truck stones thing just outside, we're going to make our podcast here. <laughs> we're going to do some deep purple tonight. We were talking about funny cars. That's going to come in, in the sports section, but uh, we're going to talk about racing and we're talking about some deep purple songs that kind of remind us of that. But this is their very first hit. Back in 1968, I didn't know they went back this far, but this was the first album, Hush, from Deep Purple. From the very first album, is it... Is that called Shades of Deep Purple? Shades of Deep Purple yes. was their first album. Yeah, they've had they had twenty one studio albums. No way we're gonna have time to get to get through all those. Yeah, their peak was in the seventies, early seventies. Live albums to the count of forty three, uh, just dozens of compilations and singles, uh, and they're still going. This yeah. is what amazes me. In twenty twenty, they put out an album, but we'll talk about some of the highlights of Deep Purple. Uh, this certainly was one of them. And this is a cover by a guy named Joe South uh, who originally did it. And their other minor hit from this same album was uh, Kentucky Woman, written by Neil Diamond. How about that? <laughs> and then they started writing their own stuff. Neil Diamond. Mm-hmm. They do their own versions of them where it sounded totally different from the sure. original. Hey, here we go. So this is what reminded us of the funny car racing we'll talk about later, but it's Highway Star. Right? Funny how? From Deep Purple, Machine Head, 1974. You know how you tell a story. 72. Machine Head. Uh, Since then, they added, they changed singers. Ian Gillen uh, became the singer, and Roger Glover was the bass player. This is the the most famous lineup of Deep Purple, Mark II. Mark I was the the Hush lineup, and this is Mark II, what they call the Mark II lineup of Deep Purple. From Machine Head. Richie Blackmore on this? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah Richie Blackmore was with him all the way up until, like, 1975. Didn't they? They were known for a lot of organ tones. Yeah. John Lord, the or, uh, the organist, he played uh, he played his Hammond organ through a Marshall stack instead of the regular rotating oh. to compete with Richie Blackmore's loud guitar. <laughs> so he, it's got that distorted, really heavy, it's like a rhythm guitar, kind of. Plus, he was a soloist. And they they put that in the studio. Yeah. Okay. And classically he, trained too. So he, there's some. Yeah. This solo, this organ solo, has some classical Bach type uh, classical stuff in it. Sounds like. The Machine Head. You're right. 1972. Good. I remember getting that album. I was 14 years old, and I remember my dad's reaction to. Deep Purple Machine Head. To him, that was like four words that were just randomly thrown together. That That's what the cover looks like, I think. It just says Deep Purple Machine Head. Yeah. And a blurry picture of the band. Yeah. So here's the big hit of all time. 
As guitar players, this is one of the first riffs that we all learn at first. This, this song will never go away. <laughs> Kids will play this until... And in interviews, they're asked, uh, Roger Glover, the bass player, who I, I think wrote most of the lyrics on this song. People have always asked him, what's the song about? Well, this is the lyrics. I'm just, we're, they were saying, it's just telling the story of what happened. That's the song. It's a whole <laughs> the, the story. About a fire in a casino. And how they recorded their album and what they had to do, what they had to go through. Hey, tell us the story in 30 seconds or less. They all came out to Montreal to make Geneva short now. No, there was a... Uh, <laughs> uh, they were they were going to record their new album, their album Machine Head, in... Uh, in uh, Switzerland, in Lake, Ge- Lake Geneva. And they had the Montreux Jazz Festival going on, which they still have going on, or at least they did before COVID, I guess. Uh, and this was in 1971, I think. And Frank Zappa and the Mothers, I think he's about to say it, the Mothers of Invention were, were headlining. And Deep Purple went to go see him. And, well, he's about to say this too. Some stupid with a flare gun. Uh, <laughs> burned the place to the ground. Burned the place to the ground. And nobody was hurt. Nobody was... Claude Nobbs, who was the, the promoter of the... Who still promoted it until his his death a few years ago he was pulling kids out nobody he was funky Claude is what they call him the song and he was getting everybody out and when you looked out on the lake the casino was uh, on fire and you saw smoke on the water and they had to go into a hotel and record their album he talks about that too yeah that's a great story (laughs) was that 30 seconds yeah it was good if you listen to the lyrics it's kind of what he's saying but and oh, they recorded with the, the Rolling Truck Stones thing just outside. It's the Rolling Stones mobile, but I guess Gillen said, Rolling Truck Stones to the Rolling Stones truck, and they kept it in because it sounds cool. My favorite yeah. round of the song. It fit. What was the stone? Was the Stones there? No, no, they just let them borrow their, uh, they, they had a, okay. a, a mobile. I don't think they were there, no. But the Rolling Truck Led Stones thing. used it too, I think, on Physical Graffiti. Or maybe that was Ronnie Lane. From that would be a great thing. name for a band, Rolling Truck Stones. Rolling <laughs> Truck Stones thing. Mike sings this where we do it. I love the way he sings it. A Rolling Truck Stones thing. Now, Deep Purple it was known for uh, one of the innovators, along with Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin, as one of the early metal bands. They were, all they were the big three. Yeah. yeah. The early 70s and into the mid-70s. And Richie Blackmore was one of the first, the guitar players, probably one of the first shredders, I guess. He played Lickety Split really fast. Got some classical influence in that, too. Space Trucking. Everyone from Ace Fraley from Kiss to William Shatner has covered this song. <laughs> Get it? Space? Shatner? Oh, yeah. Okay. William Shatner did this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to check it out. Then Johnny Winter plays guitar on it. This was about 10 years ago. But this is not that. This no, is, this uh, is from Machine Head. And this is Richie Blackmore. And that's that's an electric piano or organ that John Lord's playing at the beginning. Then the guitar and the bass and everything come in. Great riff. And Ian Gillen has some of his fa- famous screams at the end uh, of this song. Aurora Borealis. Actually, the Shatner version, I can understand what he's saying better than I can Ian Gillen. Of course, Shatner's just talking. Just that drum. Ian Pace. I think you mentioned Ian Pace is the only original member left. Yeah, he's the only one that's been on every single album. Everybody else has come and gone. And Ian Gillen and uh, uh, Roger Glover are still with him. And they've been... They've been doing a. They were doing a farewell tour uh, before before COVID hit, and I don't know if they're going to wrap it up or when it's time to tour again, or if they're going to. I think they're recording actually. 
You know, Shatner does a lot of great songs. What is that one he does where he's sitting there smoking and uh, still yeah, Rocket Man? It's on YouTube in the seventies. He's doing, he's doing. I'm a Rocket Man. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> here am I. She packed my bags last night. Am I sitting in a tin can far above the world? Those guys are bad. <laughs> That's fantastic. This is on the next album. Who do I we like think that. we are? This is a uh, woman from Tokyo, but it's called Tokyo. <laughs> I think everybody says Tokyo, but it says Tokyo. On the, I've seen some records where it says Tokyo. I've always... My woman is OKO when I was a kid. Okay, okay. OKO, okay. The middle with the guitar lead is a really... I love what the hi-hats are doing all the way through this thing. Just 16 minutes. There's no smoke in the water, too. Very, very clean. Very clean. Here comes a cool riff right here. Two, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> I, it seems like I would have played this in a band somewhere. Have you ever played it? Uh-huh. You have? Is, yeah. This was the last album the Mark II lineup for a while uh, in 1973. Gillen, Ian Gillen and Roger Glover left the band, and they got uh, an unknown David Coverdale and Glenn Hughes on bass for the band Trapeze. They're also saying, but we'll get to that. This is cool, though. They did a famous live album from Japan around this time, too. Yeah, they did a good job on that, too. Made in Japan. This song is is good live. I think the live version of Smoke on the Water from Made in Japan was the one that was on the charts in America, I believe. Yeah. Had that cool ending. Yeah. Yeah. Pick up the scream, Ian Gillen scream. Right here. He does a bigger one the next verse. I don't know if he can still do that. It's huge. Tokyo. Steve Purple. Tonight's Rocks and Dirt. You got one more? Yeah, this is the new lineup, the Mark III lineup. It's Burn? Burn. 1974 with David Coverdale, who was unknown at the time on lead vocals, has since led Whitesnake. This is then. amazingly fast drums. Yeah. And Glenn Hughes. Oh, yeah, he's all the way through. He's doing all these like fills all the way through the 16th list of verses. That's David Coverdale singing. David Coverdale of Whitesnake. Waiter of Whitesnake. And Glenn Hughes, who was formed with Trapeze, he plays bass on this, and he sings lead on this a little bit later in the song. They both traded lead. He's an incredible singer, too, and he's still going strong. He's like seven years old, and he's still... Glenn Hughes is still doing stuff. David Coverdale is, too. That's Glenn Hughes. They harmonize great together. There you are. David Coverdale. And yeah. he sold well, too, even with a new singer and unknown singer. Wait, David Coverdale was an unknown singer Back at the time. Back then, yeah. Yeah. At the time. Cool. Glenn Hughes was known because he had the band Trapeze. Yeah, and they they reunited in 1984, the Mark II lineup with Gillen and, and Glover with this, uh, Perfect Strangers, which is a pretty solid album for the mid-80s. So 1984, this is when MTV was cool to watch. Yeah. They probably had a good video to they go They headlined the Texas Jam this year in 1984. Really? Oh, this is good. 
guess this kind of cashmere She goes up on cashmere is saying, well, yeah. the song. That's pretty good. They continue. They're still together. Yeah. yeah. Ian Gillen's still with them. Too. So when they tour, did they play a lot of their old stuff? Certainly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they've got 21 studio albums and, like I said, dozens of live and compilations. And just uh, prolific. I want to mention Todd. You might know Steve Morris, the guitar player from the direct Dixie Dregs. Incredible yeah. guitar player. Oh, yeah. He's been playing with Deep Purple since the early 90s. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's been. So they got touring musicians too. Joe Satriani is one of them. Satriani filled in when Blackmore left before Steve Morris joined permanently back in the, I think it was the, in the, sometime in the 80s or 90s. Richie Blackmore's kind of came and left, came and left the band several times throughout the, the 53 years. He's been gone since the early 90s. And Steve Morris has been playing guitar with him since then. American. Well, it's hard to beat Steve Morris. Oh, yeah, he's great. Out of the three that you mentioned, <laughs> he's the yeah. top gun there. All right. There's your Deep Purple for tonight's Rocks and Dirt, brought to you by Tuxedo Cats, who, by the way, will be at the Crazy Cajun this Thursday night, as we are each Thursday night, 6.30. I hope you'll check it out. Uh, understand that they'll uh, the four-piece is playing at Lago this Saturday night. That's right. That's right. You're going to join us on that one. I'm going to I'm going to jump in on that. So I hear. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I get the clearance on that. There's some forms have to be filled out. <laughs> and and, and uh, I'll fill in that night at Lago uh, with Scotty and Steve. Oh, and I didn't Tom. know that. You're, you're going to be with us at Lago. Cool. That's what I. That's oh. what I hear. That's the rumor. It's a rumor. That's the rumor. Yeah. So check out the tuxedocats.com for all your uh, tuxedo cat needs. Everything from gig schedules to t-shirts to uh, sign up to be on the email list. And if you want to just jump in and help us out in any way you can. Isn't that right, Todd? That is absolutely right, Mike. Thank you. Go to, you can uh, go to Todd at TuxedoCats.com. You can uh, contact us that way. Well, we mentioned early in the program that our sports section will include funny car racing. Now, this is something I had heretofore not had any experience in. But uh, since then, have looked up a little bit. Funny car is a type of drag racing vehicle, it turns out. A specific racing class in organized drag racing. And I understand they go up as high as 330 miles an hour. What? Yeah. yeah what? No kidding. Is this Just something that you've participated in? Not lately. Not no, legally? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Other than photoshopping a really cool funny car for my, uh, for my Facebook page, I am... Just, just a fan. But you've That's been all. to one, like when you were a kid. Yeah, when I was stuff. younger, I, I used to go, and I plan to go again. Uh, I plan to start making time to do some fun things, and I'm going to do that. Uh, and I'll give you some dates that are coming up. Uh, the 11th annual Good Guys Hot Rod and Custom Association uh, show is at Texas Motor Speedway this weekend. Oh. Just get online and go look at Texas Motor Speedway and see what's going on with that. But yeah. you know, you can't go on Saturday because we got a gig. <laughs> so be at our gig. <laughs> Don't go to that. Here's something that is on uh, the Super Chevy Show. Henry always loves the Super Chevy Shows. And it's going to be in Memphis this year on Friday, September the 10th. Uh, starts at 8 a.m. Memphis International Speedway. Not only fun to see, hard to say. Super so, Chevy Show. So if you're in Memphis, go to that. But we'll be at Lago that night, so you can't. Can't go to that. So if you live here, you can't go. <laughs> it's a blackout law. Let's list all the places we don't want yeah. you to go. It's like... Everything that we're going to tell you you can do, you shouldn't do because we're playing. Yeah. Here's something not as good as seeing the Texas. Uh, for the N- uh, NHRA 2021 schedule, uh, they're going to get close. They're going to be in Dallas, or, or I should say Ennis, 
they call it Dallas, and there's going to be one in in, um, in Houston, and uh, they're all around the South because you know, us Southern people we like this kind of thing. Yeah. They just go straight, the straight line, or they go around like, like yeah, they NASCAR. Go, these, these are straight lines. Okay, and the it's NASCAR a, it, goes around. And you know, we around. want to talk about the funny cars and the top fuel dragsters, the rail jobs and stuff. You know, I've been talking to my brother Henry about going and uh, and Jimmy Simmons and a few few guys who do this, and we get kind of jazzed about it. So I'm like going, hey, did you know this? And I'm learning stuff. So first of all, after every race on the on the uh, the funny cars and the top fuel dragsters. After every race, they rebuild the engine and the clutches. They, they totally rebuild the engine every time. You know, you think they go out there and they run. They don't do so good. Maybe they'll do next time. Well, next time. they got to do it again. They have totally t- taken that engine apart and put it back together before they race again in 30, 45 minutes or an hour or whatever it is. I don't know. So it's to their advantage to do that. Yeah. Because if they don't, then they Well, they, they basically spin that engine yeah all the all the bearings are are burnt out the clutches are burnt up and everything they have a a a person who is assigned to every part of that engine there's a guy who comes on and puts the oil pump on there's another guy who takes the heads and every nobody neglects to do their one job (laughs) yeah this is a huge pit crew i mean taking care of these cars um 11,000 horsepower that is that's crazy yeah, and uh, dangerous. And, and reaching. <laughs> this is how much safer than bull riding. <laughs> yeah, we're moving up. Right. Yeah, we're talking about that last week. I don't know that it's any safer. I mean, when things go wrong, they, they have go helmet terrib- laws. They go terribly wrong. I'm sure they do. When I look at these cars, they look like regular cars. I mean, I see Plymouth Barracudas and, Cam- and Camaros. But they're and, funny, right? but they're all jacked up. Funny how? And they've, and they've got these. These boosted I'm a clown, I amuse you. Uh, engines and chassis and things. That make well, the, look- the funny cars look a lot different these days than they did when I used to go when I was well, a kid. Yeah, the way you tell the story and everything. Like in my day. They, yeah, they are starting to look like some crazy muscle car looking stuff, but they, they still resemble a car. As opposed to dragsters, they look completely different. Well, the, yeah, those rails are, what, I don't know, 20 foot long or something. But these cars are also computer controlled. And, you know, you get out there and the track is not acting like it should, or maybe it's a little wet, it rained or something like that. And, and it's not always just how fast will that car get down the track but it's how fast will it get down the track and be and be able to control it it's all it's all programmed to run that track the way that track is on that particular day and it's a straightaway yeah and sometimes they actually lose control because they've just got so much they got so much power you know and you can always and and then you know i watch on tv all the time and you can tell one side of the track is running great and the other side of the track is just not running good because you can tell from every single car is it's having trouble with this lane or that lane you know and so they'll go in there and you know they got stuck with this lane so they're going to program the car to deal with that lane the best way that they can you know so the competition is not only but the guy behind the wheel it's it's every person who is part of that it's a team. car and uh, sometimes the guy behind the wheel is the one programming the, the computer but sometimes it's not I'm looking at some of the famous names from the funny car championships Don Prudhomme is a name that comes up a lot in the 1970s. You look to the 80s, there's a guy named Kenny Bernstein. Those who are fans will recognize the name John Force in the oh, yeah. 90s. And look, Scotty G, how did he get in there? I don't know. He's a funny car guy. Who knew? Among his many talents. What's that? <laughs> Scotty G is his name on the list of funny car champions. <laughs> just a joke oh man i thought you were gonna tell me there's a guy named scott garrison that races cars yeah i think that is scotty g (laughs) what's he doing on there the tracks used to be a quarter mile and now they've shortened them because they were having so many wrecks because of the speed that those guys would get at a quarter of a mile they shortened it to a thousand feet which is 
not much. It's not very know, long. Uh, well, yeah, a thousand feet, and a quarter, quarter miles on it, like thirteen hundred feet, I think. But they took that three or four hundred feet off of there just to kind of get these guys to shut down a little faster. Going to have quite as many wrecks. Another interesting fact: they're burning up fifteen gallons of fuel for every run. They burn up fifteen gallons of fuel. Oh, man, um, what about the environment? No, I'm just kidding. Well, it's good for the environment to do this. Anyway, that's what I have. I was going to give you a couple of dates here. Um, the uh, 2021 NHRA Drag Racing Series will come to Dallas, or I should say Ennis, the, the finals, as a matter of fact, October the 7th to the 10th. Okay. Yeah. Mark the TV guides right for that yeah. date. And they'll, they'll be in Houston on uh, May the 21st through the 23rd, so that would be cool. But we're booked, so we can't go there. Oh, okay. Our fans can't go there. Uh, they I have tried to, come, to retire, but I couldn't. I'm they booked. have to come to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you. And uh, so anyway, I'm going to I'm gonna try to make the, uh, the Ennis, the Ennis uh, races on uh, October 7th through the 10th. I think we have a gig one night, but I'm going to make one of those. There you go. It's going to be fun. I can't hardly wait. Well, for Steve and Todd, I'm Mike. Thanks for listening to Rocks and Dirt. You can check us out at thetuxedocats.com. Check our Facebook page and find the links to all the things you need to know Tuxedo Cats-wise. And other things you don't even need to know. It's all there at thetuxedocats.com. Uh, for Todd and Steve, I'm Mike. Thanks for listening. Lois, I'm coming home to see you. Bye-bye. <laughs>